0: Hello everybody and welcome to The Late Flag, the aftermatch show for the LFC Red Poets podcast after Liverpool defeated Aston Villa by three goals to nil at Anfield this afternoon. I'm your host Les Lawson and tonight I'm joined as usual by Tom Keegan and Pete Warburton to look back at the event at Anfield early this afternoon. So first of all Pete, when the team was announced you're seeing Curtis Jones coming in for his first start of the season and also Darwin Nunes got his, his first start after after his, his winning double against
1: Newcastle last week. Were you, were you happy with the team? I was happy with the team. Definitely. Um, excuse me. Um, Darwin deserved his start after last week. I know he wasn't on the pitch very long, but what he did at Newcastle to turn the game around and those two finishes. So he deserved his chance. Um, probably a little bit surprised that um, Keir's start started. But I thought he had a decent game. You know, he was knitting things together well. Um, he wasn't going on long busting runs. I think he leaves that to the likes of Soversly and other people like that. But all in all, it was a decent team. Obviously, we were, we had like a, if you want to call it, a makeshift defense because the two centre backs, the different reasons, were missing. Um, but all in all, yeah, I thought it was a decent, a, a decent uh, team to start with. Yeah, Tom, what did? What did you think? Did you think the the team was I mean,
0: I think it I think it's fair to say that it was unexpected, as Pete said, to see Curtis in the starting line of seeing that he'd been unavailable for the previous two games. But I think when you look back to how he performed sort of at the back end of last season, he probably deserved when he was fit and fully fit to get a starting berth again and for somebody, you know, to actually take the take the shirts off him. So so probably that will give him a massive boost. So yeah, what did I know you couldn't go the game today, Tom, because you are you're still not quite hundred percent fit after your knee operation. Hopefully again after the international break you'll be back at Anfield for the next one and and to go. But what did you think of the team when it when you're seeing it drop just after um. one o'clock?
2: I was made up as I, I thought Scott, I like Curtis. I and mean, you know, I'm watching I managed to watch it all by uh, now I watch, I won't say by by what source, but I managed to watch the game all the way through. And I was really impressed, you know. I, the team the, the team was what I would have expected if, if Curtis had been available. I you know I think Nunes deserved his stars for, for, for his his heroics last week. And I I think you know, overall. I think we were with the players that we had. I think Jeger had to sort of get us a balanced side, though, didn't he? And I think with Keats is coming in, that gave us balance because he's a little bit more experienced in the Premier League than, than Endo is at the moment. So I, I think it was a good move, really. I think I think the team looked balanced. I think with with and. Uh, and and McAllister I, I thought that looked really good and, and and you know what I thought after last week I thought Joe Gomez had a, had a great game and we didn't sort of have too many options so I was a bit nervous about about Matip and, and Gomez starting together right away and sort of not having any but to be fair you know like I, I thought that was the, probably the best side that we could have put out there. Yeah, yeah I mean as Tom said there, Pete,
0: that was probably the best balanced team that Liverpool have probably fielded for a really good while now. Not just in the, you know, in the in the first sort of four games this season, but I'd even go back to, you know, some of the games last season where, you know, the team wasn't as balanced. I don't think is it as it could have been for for a lot of reasons. But that team today, especially in the midfield. It had a nice balance against it and you know you were coming up against the good side today in villa aside yes. the people you know were, we're tipping for an outside chance of it you know for pushing for top four this season and and you know it, I, I just thought um yet yeah, the team was really well balanced today and you know the the way they acquitted themselves against villa I thought it it boded well going forward for the rest of the
1: the season what do you think yeah, well I think we said on the preview show the other day <clears throat> that we all expected a tough game today because Villa are technically very good, they've got a very astute manager um, and obviously conceding after just two minutes the way they did and what a smashing goal that was by the way, but I agree with you with the Miss Field, I think the big eye-opener really this season has been the, I know people call it transition and stuff like that, but the. The quickness, if you want, the quickness of, of mind and the quickness of passing the ball in the midfield, and it's really doing us great. I mean McAllister still played a bit deeper today, which probably isn't his preferred role, but I thought he had a good game, McAllister. And Sabozlai was just doing what he does every week up to now, you know, making those surging runs. Um as I say, the goal he scored was was brilliant. Slap bang on the 18 yard line. And it reminded me a little bit. Of the goal that Steven Gerrard scored against Arsenal all them years ago, just before Christmas, where the technique to actually get over the ball, because you see nine out of ten of them skied into the Anfield Road or the cop end by whoever you know, and the technique for them to get over the ball and drill it right through a crowd of players into the goal was great. But yeah, it's good to see, and that they seem to be, they seem to be, as I say, the transitioners, as the pundits like to call it. We're getting quicker. We're getting forward more quicker with the midfield. There's more legs in that middle of the park. And um, I thought like after we scored the second, it was game over. To be honest, it was, you know, we created other chances as well. Um, They probably could have gone in. But the, um, you know, by half time, the the game was done and dusted. And I think second half was a little bit more of a, almost like a a training session. It was oppressively hot in Anfield today. I was in the main stand and it was really hot, so it must have been the same pitch side. And I could I can see why second half, Liverpool, especially after Mo's goal, they just took the fuss off and just played possession football, to be honest. Tom, you know, we've touched on there,
0: you know, about the balance of the midfield. And, and to be fair, you mentioned it, you know, in your point earlier. But do you think the difference this season so far with the the source of extra legs in midfield is sort of proven significant in the improvement in the in the team performance and not only that but the improvement in the confidence and one thing I mean I know we had this conversation a number of times last season and you didn't like the mention of the C word but I think from so far this season all departments of the of the team have got confidence each in each other again. And the players have got who are playing in, like the defenders have got confidence in each other again. They've now got confidence in the midfield that they can help them. Likewise the forwards. And I think that's all boding well, sort of moving forward for the rest of the season. Especially when you think that as of yet, you know, we, we Graven Birch was only confirmed, sort of you know late Friday Friday evening. You know, um, Stefan Bechetic hasn't had a game yet. And he was arguably our best midfield player last season. And when we had when we had Graham Souness on the pod, he actually said he really liked Stefan Bechetic. And that's, you know, that coming from probably the greatest midfielder, along with Steven Gerrard, who's ever played for Liverpool, is high praise indeed Thiago, our most technically gifted midfielder, hasn't kicked the ball for us yet. So surely going forward now, that must give Jürgen, the team and the fans confidence again, so we can build on this this solid start of the season.
2: Yeah, well, perfect, Les. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. I thought the confidence was there today, but you know what? Another C word, which I think, and we're going to hear an awful lot this season. I'm going to that starts off, and and you know what? I thought there was two things. I thought, I thought the. I thought two two C's today that made me think. I thought we control the game. I thought we were always in control of the game. We pressed we, the, the lovely word, Geg pressed. I think we we were quick. We were we were decisive when we won the ball back. We moved the ball quickly when we done it. And the other way the the other word was concentration. I thought we concentrated really, really well today. And they were I was really impressed. Don't forget, you know, so Bosley, and I, McAllister, I've only played a few games together, you know, like and they, they, they're still getting to understand each other's games, you know, and where to be and what to do. We haven't, we haven't really had a six, a settled six in. So you, you look at, you look at the midfield overall, and and the players that we've mentioned, you know, Pachetak, as you said, with Graham. We're giving him highly praised and Peter was saying with Curtis. I thought Curtis done well today. Harvey, come on! Never let anyone down. Got stuck in, worked hard when he done put himself about. You know, so everybody who's coming into that midfield is is putting the shift in, and it does breed confidence. It does breed confidence, yes. doesn't it? And then Les, what have we got in front? Yeah, you, you know, like you've got Diaz. You know, although Peter thought he was because I thought he was great enough. First off, dropped a little bit in the second, but I thought, you know, like you've got him, you had like Nunes. It was a constant threat. So unlucky. The shot that hit the post. Do you know what? It, it was brilliant. It was Suarez. It was esque in his in 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 the way he hits it. And you know, like a couple of inches to play the ball. He hits it against the post. You know, like, nine times out of ten, that goes in. But, like, it comes out and it's the defender and goes in. So, like, it, it was more or less his goal. Do you want to hit the bar with also? So, like, you, you've you got that. And Mo still putting the shift in up front. So, all of a sudden, as you say, everybody has got confidence. And don't forget we were missing Virgil and Canati today. And yet, mm-hmm. and yet, Alisson made a great save. But like or two good saves. But like realistically, the all the other stuff was sort of snatches chances and things that you know, like that we got clear. But it really does, but and, and I I like you, Les, I think like Sebastian Villa will cause teams an awful lot of trouble trouble this season. I don't think I think they're a good side, you know. And the way, as we said the other day, the way they line up, they line up with two narrow banks of four, although they do play with a high line. They do play with two banks of four. And so for us to to sort of just break them up well, I thought we were, especially the first, I thought we were exceptional today. Yeah, I mean,
0: we touched on on earlier, you know, I think it was you mentioned it, Tom, about um, Matip and Gomez today, Pete. I thought they were superb today. I mean, yeah. they've, they've been getting, they've been getting um, a lot of doubters on Twitter saying that they needed replacing. They weren't good enough anymore. But I put that, I put the, the the defensive problems as a whole last season down to the pure and simply down to the midfield. Now I know sometimes last season the defenders made individual errors, but I think that was caused again. I think the whole. Problem with Liverpool last season was the midfield. And I think now that that's been fixed, I think you're actually seeing how good Matip and Gomez were. I mean, to be without Virgil and Canate today, you know, I I just thought that, you know, they couldn't have done any better today than what Joe and and Joel did. Um, And I thought Joe Gomez, especially out the two of them, I thought anyway from where I was on the car, I thought he was back to his best at the, the the title winning season where he was consistently at a high level. He looked as though all the hard work that he'd put in during the summer, possibly with a with an individual individual fitness coach, had paid off. He looked as though he'd got his pace back. He was reading the game well I couldn't I couldn't really fault his performance today. Um, I just wondered what what
1: you thought of the two of them, Pete. I mean, we always knew there was going to be a change. We thought Canati probably may have made it, but we were told a couple of days ago he was out, and we all we obviously knew Virgil was out. But as you say, Villa. I think Villa is technically very good team. You know, they've got the likes of the McGinn's in the team, and Ollie Watkins up front always going to cause you trouble. And then when you've got two fresh centre backs. Which I know they're not fresh to Liverpool, but you know, they haven't played together yet this season. But I think one one slip apart, I think um I think Joe slipped in the first half and I think it was a actually was a slip rather than he was dispossessed. And McGinn fired over the top from that. But apart from that he was imperious, I thought today. Uh, and Joel could probably have scored, to be honest. He had a great chance with the header that he, he fluffed um he should really have put away. But I think they worked very well in tandem today. And as I say, I like to I like to say I am disappointed with Villa because if Villa had played, you know, as we know they can do, I think they could have really given us a game today. But the I think that goal after two minutes, the you know, sort of took, knocked the stuffing out of them a bit to be honest. Um sorry, you know, the, sorry, I think they had an injury as well early doors. One of the lads had to go off. So I think it disrupted any sort of game plan that Villa may have had. Um but yeah, I thought the two centre backs were good. I thought Robbo had a great game today. Trent had a good game. Let's hope the injury that he's got is is only precautionary, bringing him off. Um, and I thought throughout the team, I did say to Tom, I thought Diaz, after a decent start, and it's no fault of his. I thought he was a little bit quiet, but in the same token, Massey Cash has been bombing forward, hasn't he, and scoring goals. And I know, um, I know Ali made that great save in the second half to you know, from the header. But you can probably put a bit of that down to, to Diaz as well, you know, tracking them back as well. So I thought overall, it was a brilliant team display, to think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, th- I think
0: I think we all expected a little bit more from Villa, Tom, than we've seen today. But you have to give Liverpool and and Jürgen Klopp and the Liverpool coaching staff, and obviously the players, credit for sort of stifling Villa in a way, you know, in, in making the game. A lot more straightforward than we all thought it was going to be. I
2: think we're the better team than Villa Les, that's it, isn't it? And I think if yeah, and I think has got the belief back in. And you know, like they are a good side, but you know, like if you get at them, yeah, I think you know what we done. We started to stretch them, which was which we you know like we didn't do last week because we didn't have the midfield or we didn't have the players to be able to stretch them. Really, to be fair. So and as you said, it was Bobby's last game, and it was a surreal sort of day. But I think what we've done, we you, you had Diaz going out wide, and Svens kept picking him, picking him out all the time. You know, like so. Up, once once Diaz is running at you, you've got two defenders moving over, so like it, it frees up space. The midfield is chasing back, so it allows the likes of like and the likes of either McAllister or, or Curtis, it was more often Curtis in the first half than, than 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 McAllister. So we were pressed, you know, we were pushing with numbers where we and that sort of then it takes their midfield, their midfield, you, you break quickly, it takes them to the edge of the box. So you you've got to credit Liverpool really for 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 pushing them back and keeping them. So you know, like to be honest. I don't think they, 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 they had a shot until about the 30th minute, 30 odd minutes, did they really? About 28 to 20, 28, 29 minutes. But when, when uh, Joe had slipped and, and and McGinn had his chance, but like, I always, I thought Liverpool played really well. I think some sometimes I, I think we expect teams to come. And, and you know what, what Peter said was a great, was a great point earlier on. Do you, do you know, the goal scoring as early as it did, it, what it stopped, it stopped them from breaking the play, from Martinez, you know, like, from Martinez holding on to the ball and, you know, like, taking the time and doing all this and then sort of breaking our rhythm. By by scoring, and you, PC, you said it reminded you of Jared. Do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Xavi Alonso. It's just right. the control of the way he controlled yeah. the ball and technique was just sublime. You know what I mean? As soon as he hit it, and like they, they, they were trying to say that there was a slight deflect. There was no deflection on that. That was just into the ground and into the corner. Just brilliant. But I, I, I think, and you know what? I think the thing for me is this team is only going to get better. It's You would look at them now and you would say, where do you sort of think Liverpool is as 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 a unit? And yet, I'd probably say about seventy five percent. I reckon there's twenty five percent more to come, which is frightening. You know what I mean, Les? Yeah. Just what uh, frightening?
0: Yeah. One thing, Pete, that I that I noticed today, and I don't know whether you you noticed it from your position in the in the main stand, but I thought Trent with the inverted fullback role today, I thought he was played to perfection. I didn't yeah. think they, I didn't think they overplayed it. I think they played it when it when they when they thought it was necessary. And when they didn't, they would go back and centre players as, as a natural fullback. So there wasn't that there wasn't that big space in behind mm. us down that right hand side that there have And you know, I think when it's when it's played like it is today, you get the best of both worlds. So I don't know whether whether you sort of got the same impression as I did from where I was sat. But certainly, I was well impressed and I thought that was Trent's best performance of the season,
1: obviously, until he went off with that tight hamstring. Yeah. I mean, I, my own thoughts, I was thinking, I wonder if they might they might of rein Trent in a little bit because we're playing with the new centre-back pairing. Not new, but you know what I'm saying, for the season. And I was just wondering if they might... if, if Liverpool may have been a bit more circumspect on that and maybe let Trent just play more of a full back role. But from from the, the first whistle he was going into that inverted role. And like like Tom was saying, some of the balls he was spraying early on, especially to as he had cash on the back foot all the time. Um hopefully, as you say, that you know that it is precautionary that he's come up so or come off, I should say. So there's a, a really good chance that he's going to be missing from the upcoming international break, which is good from our point of view. And it'll give him time to to recuperate. But yeah, I thought it was one of his best games today as well. He, he It was like you say, he, he knew when to go and when to hold sort of thing. And teams lately, quite a few teams have been hitting that area in the knowledge that Trent's not there and they've been getting success there, hitting diagonals. But today... um. I thought we, we managed it really well and I thought he had a really good game trans. Tom, um, watching it
0: on the on the on the the T V as you were, um, what did you make of the little cameo appearance from Gerald Kwanza, who's come on now two weeks in the run, and I think he's he's acquitted himself perfectly well. Um and I think if if Liverpool had assigned him on Friday morning from um, uh, a French club, club say let let's say rent, and he played twenty million for him. Everybody would be sort of saying, "Wow, what a good young centre back we've got there!" But because he's come through the academy, obviously people people still think you need to spend you know 20, 25, 30, 40 million to get a decent centre back. But I I thought he he done fine today. So. What did you make of it? Watching it,
2: yeah, I was thinking that myself. Les. you know, earlier on, when I was talking about the defense and, the, and about about, I thought, what he had done, what he had to do, he did well. You know, when he needed to, when he needed to fail, when he needed to step back, he stepped back. When he needed to step forward, he stepped forward. He picked the ball up. He was never caught out. He was. I thought he played really, really well. He he played. He played with. You know what? They, again, he played with maturity. Didn't he? you wouldn't have believed that he was so young. And I'm like I'm like you, I think that I think we'll see a lot of this lad this season. You know, like I think, he, I think you'll see him play quite a few games, you know, coming on in games to give people a rest, which will be a good thing to develop him because we need to be pushing on. Because he's gonna he is gonna be a good, really, really good player. You can see that in him. I thought thought he was excellent. I agree with you about the inverted role as well, but you know what, what, what as well what I I think it it was, remember when Trent had moved forward when when he was playing in in his his number two position then Hendel or Ronaldo or or Fabinho would drop deep and we found that today you know one of them dropped into the space where he went so he was behind so he was behind sense as he was going forward to spray the ball so we always had you know always felt we had cover do you know what i mean even when slim went forward which is which is like an extra security i think over i think overall i, I was really impressed with young young Jarrell there today I, I think the lad done really well Pete,
0: mm-hmm. liverpool have got a lot of Decent young defenders, you know, coming through the academy, they're just at the at the, at the stage now where they they're ready to sort of step up and sort of supplement the first team. They just need a little bit more experience now. Connor Bradley <laughs> uh, this season now he's sort of suffering a little bit with an injury. The hope the hope he'll be back and available for selection again around about October time. But as well as jarel Kwanzaa, We've also got Luke Chambers, who who can play the left centre back role in a three. He can also do a job at left back. And people who watched the pre-season games will have also seen the young lad we signed from Birmingham, in Callum Scanlon, who again is a couple of years younger than than the other lads, and he's just started to move up now to, you know, the the under eight from the under 18s to the twenty ones, and another young lad who can also play. Right back, has just come back and again is playing for the twenty ones after a long term injury last season. Is Isaac Mabeya, so people who say we haven't really got a lot of strength in depth, they're right to a certain degree if you're looking for experience. But like with Trent, who's now you're know, rated as the best right back in Europe four years ago. People weren't saying. People were probably saying the same thing about about sense. Let's go and and sort of sign a more experienced right back in case Nathaniel Klein gets injured. Yeah. And last season, this time last season, not a lot of people would have heard about Stefan Pachetich. Never mind realized how good he was. So so in that respect, maybe we have got an, uh, enough cover. And don't get me wrong. You know, you wouldn't want to. You wouldn't want to be going into a Premier League game with the back four of Mebeya, Kwanzaa, Chambers, and Scanlon.
1: No. You know what
0: I mean? But you know, if you're <clears> dropping what If you're dropping one of them in, you know, in a, in an otherwise experienced team, they can all come
1: in and do a job. And I think that's sure. the, that's the point I'm trying to make, Peter. And this could well be the the you know the good a good season to try that because. With the best and I'm, I'm not dissing the teams that we've drawn in Europe, but if we we should get through that group with ease, to be honest. And we can introduce some of these kids. I mean, Quanter came on last week at, at Newcastle under very different circumstances where, you know, we'd lost the defender and, and once again he, he looked brilliant there. So I can see the likes of Girel getting a start, maybe even against Leicester in the cup, maybe alongside Joe Massy, you know one of the more experienced players. Um, but yeah, you know the the, the likes of these kids you mentioned, the Scanlons, the Bradleys. Um, I think we can just just introduce them slowly, like you say. You don't want to put a whole back for of kids together, but especially in Europe, if we can get your if we can get out of that Europa League, um, the actual um group that we're in early, if we can get the results in the first three games, we'll have another. Three games to try and blood some of these kids, and it's great to I me. And I know he's not a Scouser, Garel, but he's from Warrington. He's as local as 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 you can get, and it's great to see these kids coming through. And like you say, some of these some of the fans now, and it's not just Liverpool fans. It, it it's endemic right through. They're not happy unless you spend millions of pound on someone from abroad, and they almost you know sometimes, it's these players, the more local ones, or the, or at least the kids that come through the academy. They're the ones who are the first ones to get any hackling and that. You know, especially if you're a local lad, the likes of um, Kersis and that. For some reason, the fella behind, two fellas behind me were, were having a go with Kersis Jones from the first whistle because he passed the ball back. And you're just like, you know, you're watching the same game, We're retaining possession. And with that, we're moving up on block. And they just want every player to be sort of whale of taking people on and shooting from 40 yards and that. And thankfully, the more sensible Liverpool fans, the ones who know what they're talking about, know what they're looking at. Um, you know, they, they'll give these kids a chance, and um, I think it all goes well. As you know, in a funny way, not being in the Champions League this season might help the development of some of these kids. As I say, Can I make at... a point? Can I make a point, less? Yeah, go ahead. yeah, yeah.
2: Like... You just, a... no one. I agree with you on you know, because the road for young kids to get to break through. And to and to make it into, into such an established and experienced first team. The, that's what they need, isn't it? You know, they need to be put mm. under pressure to see how they act under pressure and to see if they can cope. It's about temperaments and developments, is about because most of these kids are rare at this age are really talented, aren't they? So it's it, it's just about the route through. And it, it it's it's because of the small numbers. Of players that actually break through, that you look at the likes of Luke Chambers and you look at the likes of Jarrell and you look at the likes of, of like Scanlon and Connor Bradley and you say, out of that realistically, probably if we got two out of out of that four to into you know into the first team and in the first team squad, that we we'd have done really well, wouldn't we? And I think sometimes sometimes as, as football supporters, you automatically assume that, you know, buying these foreign players to come in, the better. But sometimes if you've got time to, to sort of allow these some of these kids to develop, there's a really good player there, there, you know what I mean? And I think what Peter's just hit the nail on the, on the head there, the Europa League, the early stages of the Europa League is and the League Cup, is a perfect a chance to give the likes of Ben Dante Dan, Dan, and Jarrell and, and even to a certain extent Luke Chambers a chance to develop, to become first-team squad players. And if they're good enough, they will make it, won't he? Yeah.
0: yeah I mean, I particularly like Luke Chambers, to be honest. And I've said this before, as you know, on the on these shows and that I remember watching him as a... I think he was... 15 or just 16, playing for the under-18s because both Owen Beck and Chuck Norris were injured and he was playing left-back. And it's the first time I'd seen him play and it was the start of the season. And I looked at him and he just stood out like a beacon for being that good at that age group. And I thought, you all want to watch. He was For that season, he he totally played only as a left-back. But now they've started to move him in for the last sort of couple of seasons, and he's now started playing as a centre half as well. And he does whether he's playing centre half or left left back, he plays there equally as well. I think he's just got to develop sort of his body more, if you like, to get to the to get to get to the, the the strength needed to play that position. But I've no doubt that he's a quality quality player. That lad, Isaac Mbayi, is full of power and pace, and with with and same with Callum Scanlon. Callum Scanlon is a really quick left back. And Isaac McBear is a is a player who he was full of power and pace. And and I would say that both Isaac McBear and Connor Bradley could also play equally well in midfield roles. So I think over the over the next sort of couple of years, I'm hoping that all those young players, you know, develop as a, as I hope they can, because not only will they could, you know, their careers and benefit them, but they could benefit Liverpool and save them lots and lots of money in the transfer market, especially when you're, you're looking for homegrown players. And they, they, them lads have definitely got a chance. Um, and it's up to them how how they sort yeah. of to knuckle down as well and learn from the coaching staff. Yeah. But just moving on... Just, sorry, Pete, go on.
1: I was just going to say, I think Lou Chambers had a little spell up at Kilmarnock, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so, he did. You know, really he, he, sort of, he sort of had a little bit of a taste of a not higher grade of football, but certainly more intense football going into the Scottish Premier League. So that will all go well for, for these kids that are going, you know, on loan to these type of places. But, um, and I think it's interesting. I think the under-21s, unless unless I read it incorrectly, I think they play with like three at the back. Yeah,
0: the, the I think it depends who you've got available no, the first few games this season they played they played four at the back yeah, um, I think they played
1: three today but they got these <laughs> didn't do well today.
0: yeah but so. that's it. i think as well a lot of the the more experienced under 21 players a lot of them have gone on loan so a few of the a few of the sorts of other, other eight, under 18s who are you know, are still developing if you like would have probably played today mm. uh um, but just talking about defenders, one lad I wanted to mention today because I thought he had his best game again for a good while was Andy Robertson. Mm. I thought he was absolutely superb today. I thought in the first half when we come under a little bit of pressure, he did his defensive job very, very well. And um, and you know was in the right place at the right time to cut out danger a, a few times. So I don't know whether... You agree with that, Tom, from watching you on the yeah,
2: from Stockley Park? I was from Stockley Park. I I thought he was exceptional. If I was called upon to make a VAR decision, it would have gone in our favor today, Les. But but from Stockley Park, where I watched the game, um, yeah, I thought I thought Andy was brilliant today. And you know what I noticed? There's no need because we've got such quality going forward. There's no not a great need for him to be bombing forward, creating loads of stuff. So he's concentrating a lot more on his defensive side of his game. So we look more solid in the fullback positions, you know what I mean? So I think that can only all, all go well. He still gets forward and people still cover him, but there's not the need for him to be bombing forward and be the furthest man further forward, you know what I mean? Because we've got like Diaz and we've got whoever. So Buzz Lightyear was going across, or McAllister leading across there. So I think, I think, yeah, I, 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 think it's good to see Andy Robinson get back to form. But as you said, you know, I'll, I'll give you the confidence where Les. I, I, I might have been a bit harsh last season, but um, <laughs> and it takes a, it takes a lot to admit I, I, I was a bit harsh. But I, I, do you know what? I think I, I think probably a lot of the players could see what was happening in the midfield and, and like it must have affected everybody's right throughout the team and I think we are I think I, I think it's good to see you know that like of Trent being back to being Trent and, and Robbo being back to being Andy Robbo. And you know like and so it, it's good it's great. With, with the developments of some of the young players, and I looked at... I, can I mention one other thing as well while it's fresh on my mind? Do you know, I thought the bench looked solid today. For the first time, when you look at a bench and you thought, wow, we have got some real alternatives to bring onto the pitch today. Tom, yeah, can, well, I just
0: put, can I just cut in there as well? And, and go just to, to improve on your point, you say about how solid the bench looked today. And let's not forget, Gravenbach wasn't available. No Virgil, no Tiago, so
2: Canati,
0: Canati as well. So there's four players mm-hmm. there,
2: that is who, strong, yeah. and
0: really top class players who weren't even involved today. So it just shows, doesn't it, that yeah. even without those four players, we were able to have
2: a quality bench, and that's been a thing we haven't had for Les, isn't it? For a couple, yeah. you know, I mean, for a couple of seasons. Yes, yeah. we've, we've I mean. Been it's, on on, on Keaton and and, uh, Ox and, and, you know, like I'm not, I wouldn't dish Millie because Millie was brilliant, but he was 37, you know, like and to have players that you look towards the bench and think, well, if we're struggling here, we've got someone who can come on, players who can come on and really change the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're right what you say there, because as you know, last season, I was really critical of Harvey, right? Now, Harvey seems to, because the rest of the team is sort of working better, Harvey seems to look better. He doesn't look like a fish out of water anymore. He looks as though now he knows what his job is when he comes on. His confidence is there about where to be in the right positions, more so defensively, which is my biggest criticism of him. I think he knows that he's got the support of other midfielders with legs around him as well. So that org as well for his development as well. So while you're sort of admitting a little bit of a wrong, I will join the club and say, you know, that, that so far this season, what I want to see from Harvey, I've seen. And just more of the same and just get better. So, you know, that that org as well, you know, for the for the rest of the season. Now I'm just gonna move over to Pete now for this for this next next piece because I thought the goal from Sir Bosley High was absolutely superb. And he had a, another one in the second half where, at the cop end, where the touch on the on the sort of left-hand side, and if that would have gone in, it would have been an unbelievable goal. But he, he got his
1: shot wrong. But mm-hmm. what a player, Pete. What a player he is. It was only, what, a few weeks ago, we were looking at the Caicedos of this world and... You know, admittedly, we all wanted him to come. And this guy comes from, I mean, I I don't know about you two lads, I didn't know a great deal about him, but they've unearthed a diamond, this lad. If he carries on in this vein, I tell you what, he's a diamond. Not just as the shooting prowess, it's just all-round play. And and, and I think that also helps, like you were talking then about uh, the players around him. Today, from the first whistle, there was a real intensity in that midfield. They were closing down. They were like scampering back, winning the ball back high up the pitch. But to Bosley, honest to God, he's—I didn't expect him to to come in at the start of the season and play so well. And you know, even McAllister, who probably is playing a little bit out of position, he played more of a six. They're starting to dovetail together, like Tom said. They're starting to learn one another's game now. And what it's brought to the what it's brought to Liverpool is is like I say, a higher intensity and we're getting forward a lot quicker than we were I mean there was always the there was always the thing that labeled and and I I can count myself in that about Henderson you'd slow the game down too much and you know they'd let the opposition filter back and get behind and took two banks of four or a bank of five and four but we, we're so intense now with our passing in the midfield and it's the quickness as well it's not necessarily if they're always going forward but it's the quickness but whoever in the the scouting regime, or even if it was Jürgen Klopp himself, wanted to bring Sir Bosley in. Hats off to them; he's an excellent player, really good oh, player. Tom, do, you, do we have to do we have to send the
0: thank you guard to Seven Ten Harg or Seven Harg? I should say, for there uh, for signing Mason Mount, so we can oh, yeah. concentrate on uh, Sir Bosley. you know what I mean. Uh, as
2: yeah, you as you said any- the other uh, go on. As you said the other day to me, Les, when we were chatting, you know about you know like about uh, uh, we, the players that they look at. You you, you know what we we might have been after this kid all at all all along. You know he might have been the one we wanted because it's only speculation, isn't it? That we were chasing Mason Mounts and we were interested in Mason Mounts. You know, like this might have been the lad that Klopp has wanted. Because I'd i like pizza. I'd never heard of him. I really hadn't. I'd, I'd, I knew I knew his, when I'd seen his name. I, I I'd like I'd read a little bit about him. And he, you know he was saying. And then I seen a, an article about him. And he was saying that Guardiola wanted them as replacements for you know for, for for Kevin De Bruyne. And then you know like and then we're linked with him. And then as you said, you know like whether we were ever seriously going to go for mounts, I I don't know, but. To be honest, he, 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 he's unreal. He really is. This is three, three, four games in in the Premier League, and he's 22 years of age. And like he's strolling around midfield players against against quality midfield players. Like he's got all the time in the world, he's got pace, he's got power, he beats a man. As you said, that one that he did the, the touch to get him into that position to, to shoot. As you say, you just you screwed it wide, but well, I think he's gonna as Peter said, he's gonna be he's gonna be some player him. Absolute the absolute gem of a player. Yeah, totally
0: agree. You know, I think that I did a little bit about him, but I didn't realise he was the quality player that that we've seen. And it can and, and it can also take players a little bit of time, you know, to settle into the Premier League. But he's, he's just took to it and took to playing for Liverpool like he's been playing for years. And and as I say, at 22, you know, he's still only learning the game. He's still only a baby, isn't he? You know what I mean? When, when, you, know, when you think, you know, how good is this lad going to be and say, three, four years' time when he becomes 25, 26? You know, he could, he could take Liverpool to places this season that we never thought was possible. If he can if he can stay clear of injuries and keep that level up that we've seen during the first the first four games. With the with the quality with the quality we've got in our squad that will and the confidence we've got and the togetherness they've got, they could achieve almost anything this season. And you know, you, you think about it, Tom uh, I say, I'll, co- I'll come to Tom first on this, Pete, and then I'll come to you on the on the same point, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you looked, the fixtures come out in the middle of June, and you looked at the fixtures, and the first one, Chelsea away. Then you're looking and think, right, Bournemouth at home. well, you know, we should be all right there. And then Newcastle away, and then Aston Villa at home, and you're thinking, bloomin' hell, Yo, know, that's a really, really tough start. Two really tough away games. Um and one one of the, the tougher home games because of the way the way Villa can play and they've got a top manager who's very tactically astute. So to come out of that with with ten points out of twelve, I think if we'd have come out of that, I think, with eight points, I think it would have been acceptable. But to come
2: up with ten from twelve, I think that's an an incredible start. I don't know whether you agree, Tom. Oh, yeah, listen, uh, you actually, yeah, Even though we were saying it's a great time to you know like to play them at the beginning of the season if you if you're bringing in players and you know it, they're not going to be as settled as you think they are. So we, but then as to go in and to hit the ground running like we have, and like to be honest, you do you know he. We've got to be really honest about it, you know. both for, for for it for a shocking decision, we we could have had twelve points out of twelve, you know, we should have had a, a stonewall penalty, you know, like right? so against Chelsea. So it's just incredible to think where we're at. And you know, if we can if we can keep this if we can keep this momentum up as I said till Christmas, if you look at our run after Christmas, we'll have been everywhere, we'll have done Nearly, you know, most of the big teams away will have been, we'll have a, you know, like if we're there touching distance and this team settles and the players come in and we keep free from injury, I'll tell you what, as you said before, you know what, it could be a really good season, this. Yeah. You know, like, and it gives this team a chance to bed so that when we do finally get back into the Champions League, we'll have a really good go at the Champions League as well, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, Les. I think 10 points is amazing. A little bit higher than than realistically we would have all expected, but looking at it, I think we've done really
1: well. Pete? I, I, I think the same as you, Les. I'd have been happy with a, a point at Chelsea and a point at Newcastle before the kickoff. The romantic in me thinks we're going to win every game. I'm confident winning every game, but the realist. I was thinking, well, the tough places to go. Chelsea have had this big overhaul of their squad. And apparently, the, you know, the, they're going to be one of the ones to watch this season. Um, And Newcastle, um, you just expected a real tough game up there, which in fairness, we had a tough game, but it was made tough because of certain decisions, you know. Um, You you expected Bournemouth three points. But even today, as I say, you know, I mean, I, I said I thought we'd win 2-1 the other night. And I really thought Villa would give us a tougher game than they did today. So to have 10 points at this stage in the season, there's only City that's got the 100% record. And to have 10 points along with Tottenham and Arsenal, I think it's I think it's a fantastic start for Liverpool this. Yeah, Tom, just before
0: we move on from this little point, just, just a point to make you. Do you think actually being in the UEFA or the Europa League this season, could actually help Liverpool in the Premier League. And what I mean by that is, as Pete said before, you know, if Liverpool can navigate themselves to their, their Europa League group quite early, then they can then rest the main players then for the end of the group, and then just concentrate on the on the league games that are coming up, uh, rather than having you know to ask your best players to play. You know Thursday, Sunday, the point I'm trying to make is, is that like you know the teams in the Champions League are gonna to have to be playing the better players in the Champions League to make sure they get through and then in the Premier League afterwards. So they this their sort of program in a way is gonna be a little bit more intense. So if we wanna have a have a good go, certainly to get in the top four and hopefully to make a challenge on Manchester City as per what was normal until you know the, the massive drop off last season. Do you think that actually being in the Europa League could actually help that for the reasons I've just said?
2: Yeah, definitely I think it's as you said, you know, as we were talking about alluded to before, you know, about the, the bench, the strength of the bench, and you know, like you can introduce a few kids, you can rest players, you can key players can rest you know, we've got we've got really good alternatives to bring in, enough to be able to change these games against these smallest three, you know, like, especially the first stage. And I would imagine even in the second stage, which will be slightly a little bit hard, might be slightly a little bit harder, we've still got more than enough, haven't we, to, to be able to get right the way through to, you know, like to the Christmas period by, by more or less resting the players. So, and as I said to you, We'll have completed nearly as I was saying to you to you and Peter the other week, when I looked at the fixtures, I think by January, you know, like we'll have played nearly everybody. You know, like with the exception of a couple of games, like, you know, like games at home and like big games at home. But like, yeah, definitely. So I think that I think the Europa League might be a godsend. Plus as well, what I just said before, the Europa League gives us a chance to sort of, to build, you know, like to build our our, our base, you know, like to find out what our best team is so we can sort of concentrate on the season after because I've had a conversation with our lead today and and our Michael when they were coming back. They they phoned me up and I had the conversation and I was saying to them, you know, you can see where Jürgen Klopp with this you know what we talk about Liverpool reloaded now that's going to be this. it's Liverpool instead of Liverpool 2 under Klopp it's Liverpool reloaded you look at this Liverpool reloaded at, at the stage and they're similar to the 218 219 team you know that he, he put together and you see them going out and they they were brilliant going forward they were tight defensive yeah, midfield but we were a little bit loose in midfield, in defence. But so I, I can see this side that he's starting to put together looks so much stronger than the 2018, you know, side. And it, it really does. And I listened to Michael talking after the game, which is a thing you wouldn't be able to hear. And he, he said that what makes the difference between Liverpool. And, and all the other sides as he said is the strength and depth of the front line he said because they've got so many players who can hurt you so I, I agree with you Les I, I think the Europa League is going to be a, a godsend this year to build to build team morale to build team bonding and to build a really good Liverpool side to challenge Pete just one last point before before we move on and they ask you for your
0: Man of the matches, and then just before we finish off, we'll just touch a little bit on the, the transfer window now that it's closed. Do you think Liverpool are looking much more fitter and sharper than they did last season? So give give like Jürgen and the coaching staff a lot of credit for the work they've done at the at the training camps
1: and at the AXA. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I mean, that, that's a good point. But I do think, like we've touched on a few times tonight, the, the younger legs in the midfield has helped immensely. Because when, you, when you're when at... And like Tom was saying before, you don't want to diss the players that have left. You know, the likes of the Oxers and... I mean, Kayser was always on fit anyway. You never really saw him. But when, you know, James Milner, 30-odd. But it must make a difference when you've got these kids coming in who are running around for the full 90, 100 minutes in some cases. And like I say, from the off today, they were so intense with the closing down and the tackling. So it might, it might be a conscious thing that's been done at the AXE. but I think it has also helped in the fact that we've got some younger legs in that midfield. And I think I mentioned it the other night, the, the two elder statesmen really of the midfield now are going to be Endo and Tiago. The rest of them are all young kids, you know. So I think it's I think it's great. I think that's, you always call it the engine room, don't you, the midfield? And I think our engine room is pairing is at the moment. So I think it was a really good display today. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think I'm right in saying that that both Sir Bosley I and McAllister have started more games already this season than Nabi Kater started last season. So I, I would sort of say that's a, a massive positive, you know, for going forward to say, right, that's, that's business well done, if you see what I mean. So mm-hmm. anyway, I'll just move on. I'll go to you first, Tom. Mm-hmm. Who is your... Uh, player of the match
2: today. Do you know what I was looking at three? Les, I thought I was thinking about three. I thought I thought Gomez had a, a really a really solid game. I thought Trent was was it was exceptional his passing uh passing throughout the game. But I, do you know what I give it to Subas Subasli? Like, I I didn't give it to him the other day, but I thought today I thought You know, like he 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 was everywhere today. I just thought he's such he's such a talent just ahead of Joe Gomez
0: from Trent. Pete, I think I know where you're going with this because you do it every
1: week, but I'll ask <laughs> you anyway, who is, your, who is your man of the match or player you're of the match? He's really, really not my son. He's not my long-lost son. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did give it to Nunes last week because of the cameo and, and what he actually did for the game. But I did say last week, if it wouldn't have been Nunes, it would have been and I can only And I can only see him again today. Like Tom said, I thought, the lads who came in, the likes of Gomez, played well. thought Trent had a good game. Robbo had a good game. But for overall, and especially for that goal he scored today, I'd have to give it to Dominic like Yeah, I mean, I,
0: I'm in total agreement. It's going to be a clean sweep. But, you know, again, there was three players for me who actually stood out today. Andy Robertson, I thought, had his best game. <laughs> you know, I really would like to give it to Joe Gomez because of the... The amount of, you know, stick and unfair criticism he's had, especially from, you know, a lot of people on on social media. But for me, I totally agree. Sir Bosley, I was absolutely immense today. He's a player, you know, and he, he's fit to wear that number eight shirt. You know, as I say, he, he, you know, I think Stevie Stevie would totally approve of him wearing that shirt for the way he's putting the the performances that he has, and you know, I think anyway, he's only going to get better and better and better. So yeah, it's a clean sweep for sweep for Big Dom. So now just before we finish. Can we
2: mention can I just give a mention as well? Because someone I forgot Nunes deserved a little suspension mention as yeah, well because yeah. I thought he was brilliant today. Yeah. He grafted it, his socks off, really unlucky with two two efforts. I know he missed he fluffed his lines with a with a chance down the cover, but him as well as an admirable mention because I thought he'd done well. To be fair,
0: Tom, I think it was a really, really good team performance against yeah. a team like we said before, who we thought had an outside chance of pushing for Champions League qualification this season to through to the league position. So, you know, I think everybody, you know, had a, a minimum of a 7.5, you know, out of 10 performance a day. And yeah. you know, that all bodes well for the for the rest of the season. So just before we finish this podcast, now that the transfer window has slammed shut, I'm going to ask you two questions, really, both of you. Um, the business we've done, and do you expect Mo to still be here, you know, for our next game against Wolves? So I'll start with you, Pete. You know, what would you give Endo, supposedly I, uh, McAllister and Graven Birch in? You know, we all know the ones who've left. Um yeah. that's our transfer window. How many
1: how many I, others I, think, I, I think that's a major upgrade on on the on the lads that we lost last season. I'd give it like an 8 out of ten. As I say, we were we were wanting to say though, you know, some were even thinking we early doors or we're going to get Bellingham. I think I'd rather get these four in than one Bellingham. To be honest, I think it's been a decent, it's been a decent transfer window on that score. The thing with Mo, I don't know. Um, I mean the money that's being reported, it's reported, but the money that's being bandied about, um. I don't know. I don't know if Mo will be here. Stop, Stop sitting on the fence, please. Yes, right. he will be here, or no, he won't. I think he will be here till next summer. I'm hoping okay. to play.
0: OK, that's you, done. Tom, same question to you. How many out of 10 for the transfer window? And do you expect Mo to be here when, we, when we're ready to play or available for selection? Your injury, you'll picked up on international duty aside. You know available for selection for the game against Wolves when all the transfer windows will then be shut until the first of January.
2: For the transfer window, Les, I'd give Liverpool eight, eight and a half, which I said I put on Twitter the other day, and the reason I give that is because I think the the rebuild has been has been amazing. They covered every area, you know, like you know, in the midfield, it's a complete to take away with the players that we had, and to replace them with such young, talented players, that it, any other mark under eight and a half, you'd be harsh to give them. You know, like if you people talking about seven and and six, I think that that's just un, un, unreasonable. I think, I think what the job that we had to do, they've done and they've gone out. So I'd give them eight and a half out of, out of ten. Do I think me and you had the conversation this morning on on, on this thing? Yes, <laughs> uh, yes. I, I do expect Mo to be here to, to at, the, at the end of the season. I, I think I think the, the, it will be tested until the window shuts. But yeah, I do think Mo will stay till the end of the season and see out the project and then go for the heroes' well, the, the heroes farewell as probably bigger than the one Bobby had. And like, you know, like, because I think he deserves that. So... Yeah, I I think Mo will stay with us till the summer.
0: Okay, so here's mine. I would give the window an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I know I said before about about Kwanzaa, and, you know, yeah, I think Kwanzaa will do very well, you know, given the opportunity. I think if they could have got a top-quality centre-back, that would have increased me mark, but I'm very happy that the main part of the issue that we had last season was in the midfield. That has been redressed and rebuilt. And with the likes of Thiago Pesetic, you know, and um, Curtis Jones, you know, I think we've got, you know, a lot of depth there, plus the fact that you can change systems. You've still got young Bobby Clark as well, who hasn't gone out on loan. He was another very, very good young player who could play in there. So, yeah, um, the batch getting that over the line, pushed it up to me to an 8 out of 10. And do I think Mo will be here and available for selection for Wolves? 100%. There's no way Liverpool will agree to sell him now because we couldn't bring in a replacements, and it could damage, or you know, this good start and damage morale, both amongst the fans and and the playing squad and the manager. So I don't see I don't see that happening. So any speculation for me, just ignore it and look forward to to the international break, keep our fingers crossed that none of our players pick up any injuries while they're away. And then in a couple of weeks we can look forward to um, you know, the the game against wolves and hopefully start the the, the post international break like we ended it the pre-international break with a, a comprehensive victory. So on that note, we'll end this edition of the late flag. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. And as I always say, when he end his shows, justice for the 97. You'll never walk alone, and don't bite the sun. Until next time, goodbye.